Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest author Rena Kent. Welcome to Audiobook Loving Series, Rena. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Just a disclaimer, this is my first podcast, so if I mess anything up, blame it on Viviana. <laughs> Guys, I'm so <laughs> excited that I am popping her cherry. <laughs> yeah, she, she convinced me. She's she's the, the devil of this. <laughs> well, you know, I told you I treat you well, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it happens. So... I'm glad she's the one who's popping my cherry. Very good. And I'll be, I'll be kind and gentle. As, yeah. Yeah. As, as kind and gentle as my books go, if that's the well, case, that's then like. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll yeah. go with that. We'll there, yeah. Well, well it, it evolves as we time go, progresses and stuff like that. We'll get there. Yeah. But why don't we start <laughs> with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started. Okay, so you mean the boring stuff, but here we go. So, okay, so um, I think I've been writing all my life, but for me, it was only a hobby because I have such a creative mind, you know, like I have all these stories jammed in my head. And when I go to sleep at night, I feel like I have characters talking to me and things like that. I think every author... <laughs> every author's story starts like that they have voices so um I think I've been writing like taking it seriously ever since maybe 2017 I've been writing some books and getting um some feedback from uh, critique groups but at that point I didn't really think about publishing anything I didn't think my writing was good enough to be published so I definitely have about 10 books that I wrote, but are never going to see the light. Mm. So let's keep it there. They're in the closet with the bodies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's keep it there. And um, I started publishing in 2019, uh, early 2019. And wow, I can't believe it's been two years. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it feels surreal that it's been two years. It feels more than two years. And um, I don't know, it felt like writing is the right thing for me, even though I have a different academic career, but I didn't think that was fit for me. I think um, for my creativity and for my imaginative mind, writing makes more sense. And here we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was um, doing some research on you, because I do Google, um, <laughs> I was surprised that it had only been two, you know, about like you said, two years that you were published, because it feels like, as you mentioned, like a longer time than that. And it's because yeah, your fan base is so big and so devoted and loyal to you. And you're also popping these puppies out a lot. <laughs> It has to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I love I love them so much. They 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 make me feel like I have a purpose, and mm -hmm. it it's it's very 
I don't know, I feel very accomplished as a person that I have people waiting for my words. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it just kind of says, because we always are our most worst critique ever. And we're constantly saying, oh, it's not good enough. Or why would anybody want to look at that or read this and stuff like that? But to have that fan base, that's like, gimme, 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 especially when it just got published and you're going, I'm sure you, you have you had that moment <laughs> of getting those fans saying, when's the next one coming out? And you're going, today is release day, lady, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like my, like my latest trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a trilogy of course. So it has cliffhangers and release day. I kid you not, I have posts in my group and emails like, um, when is the next book? And can you release it like today? <laughs> I'm like, guys, please <laughs> let me take a breath first. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I love their, I love their enthusiasm and mm-hmm. their love. It's, it's very accomplishing. It feels, it feels good to happen. Definitely. Yeah, I know. It's uh, when you write these um, duets or trilogies and there's a bit of a cliffhanger because it's the same couple across all three books. And I I know I saw that a lot of people were like, I want to hold off because I know the third one and final one is coming, but I just can't. And I'm going, yeah, okay. And then they're just devouring it and then it becomes a waiting game. But yeah, <laughs> when you said a bit of a cliffhanger, <laughs> I was I was imagining one of my readers who was like, I beg your pardon. It's not a bit of a cliffhanger. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. <laughs> and they tell me this all the time. Like, I, I know my cliffhangers can be a bit brutal, but I can't help it. It's the devil in me. I have <laughs> I have an alter ego. and. Yeah. And well, he you, controls that stuff. <laughs> you could just also just blame it on the characters. You were saying that the characters, like they talk to you. You can just tell your readers that they just stopped at that point and are refusing to, you know, move forward with it yeah. until later. So that way. I'm going to steal that. Okay. okay totally. It next. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not my I'll fault. They credit. just stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, they just stopped talking. Yeah. Yeah, they, they wanted to take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they just like not if at the moment they're just they want to hang there for a minute and they love to torture you. So it's not me, the author, it's you, it's the characters. <laughs> yeah, they still love them anyway. So it's not my fault, it's their fault. So they could talk it out with the characters. Exactly. I, I love when that happens too because the, the listeners and the readers get so mad. And they're like, I can't believe she did this to us. And it's just this whole like anger. But then they're like, but we still love you. And we want you to write more. And when's the next one coming out? And I'm going, I just, this whole like tittle tattle is, I love it. It's like, oh, I love. Yeah. I I tried not to have evil laugh. I'm really trying, Viviana. (laughs) Don't make it hard. It is a safe space. It's just us two. So no worries. You can just tell me, you know, and do the evil laugh. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can be evil. I yeah. mean, I can be, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they, they, there is a saying, in fact, it's like a meme now and even a, a coffee mug about um, upsetting yeah. authors to be careful because they will write you in as a character and then kill you off. So um (laughs) yeah it happens it's 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 one of our you know coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. with people because we don't deal we don't deal well with people Mm -hmm. outside most of us are introverts yeah so uh we're not very social 
-hmm. and um, our way to actually have revenge is writing them into a character and killing them off. All the Karens, all the Sharons, all of them. <laughs> I may have to just try that. I'm not an author whatsoever, but I may start journaling and just write a scene where, you know, X person gets hit by a bus. <laughs> 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 you will feel so much better totally I therapeutic should. it's you know hey it is you know, yeah. yeah and if anybody says anything yeah. i'll just say Verena suggested it so yeah i mean i'm not going okay i'll take i'll take responsibility for that it's just only journal. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone will show up at my door and tell me Vimiana killed someone and Rina told her that and I'm like no stop right there <laughs> I was only talking about a journal <laughs> exactly no no yeah no I'm not uh, nowhere near that level of uh, you know realistic stuff like that but man sometimes the the scenes that you guys write it's definitely one that you can picture and things like that so I can totally see how it would be therapeutic yeah. <laughs> to have these characters <laughs> you get in the mood yeah you get in the mood very fast when yeah. when you're in the zone mm -hmm. you can definitely feel it mm -hmm. but the thing also with your characters and your um your books the genre that you primarily write in is a dark romance what is it about dark romance, the genre that you love? Maybe just start telling us a little bit about what exactly your definition of dark romance is because everybody has a different one, you know? Yeah, I mean, if it were up to me, I wouldn't exactly call it dark romance mm -hmm. because um, I would call it maybe gray because <laughs> for me, I don't know. I, I As you said, people have different definitions of dark and my definition of dark is uh serial killers and i don't know uh horrors to horror maybe or mm -hmm. maybe some people who get mutilated or maybe captive romance that would be dark for me i don't think i write like the pitch dark mm -hmm. but because my characters are very psychologically different and they're mainly anti-heroes and villains it would fit in the darker sense of the romance because you won't get, I don't know, the, the cute neighbor next door unless he's a serial killer <laughs> or you won't get <laughs> or you won't get like uh, a CEO whose only problem is getting laid unless he has relations to a serial killer. So it's definitely not the, it's not the traditional sense contemporary. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think many people categorize it in the darker uh, romance category because um, because of the psychology of it. There are also triggers sometimes. Mm -hmm. I make sure to uh, mention them. Um, and there are also a lot of trauma, maybe, and things like that, that would make it more dark. Mm -hmm. So what is it that draws you to that type of style of writing? Oh my God, you're going to call me out. Uh, <laughs> it's a two-part question, love. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm the first fan of this 
of this category when it's written well, because mm -hmm. I know there are some darker stories that go just for the shock factor and yeah. don't like that. I want a plot. I want someone suffering. I want my main heroes and heroines to have the hardest time before they find their happy ending. So in a way, I like that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I like that. I like um, I like when damaged people get their happy endings. It's very satisfying. I love it so much. And I also love psychology. So it goes hand in hand with it. Yeah, no, that's for sure. It definitely does. And I think there's also like the ha having that anti-hero have that happily ever after. It's providing others hope that maybe the stuff that they've went through and they've gone through they still they'll be able to have their own happily ever after because a lot of people think that they're they're damaged or they're not because they have a, a a bad history you know psychologically or abuse and stuff like that that they will never find happiness and some of these stories exactly. give you yeah that you can so that's good yeah um for my book black knight this one was the most emotional mess I wrote, no kidding, like it touched me so deep. So uh, the main character in this book had an eating disorder and she was suffering from uh, weight issues and she had suicidal tendencies. And the way that she rose above that and how she uh, turned to others for help and to the hero, um, was very very therapeutic even to me and i had i kid you not dozens of readers crying in my dms telling me that they related to her so much they felt like they were reading about themselves and basically they were thanking me for telling their story and i felt so like i had a purpose in life honestly mm -hmm. it felt so good to make them feel good about things that they suffered from, especially since it's something that's happened in my life with people very close to me. And I think that's why I was able to capture the emotions well. So I like, I like being that deep into psychological things that many people don't like talking about. I like that. I like being the uncomfortable person if it's to relay a message. Mm -hmm. well, a lot of things sometimes I think society has labeled as taboo and we're mm. trained that things of certain categories, emotional, mental, um, are not meant to be discussed with other people. And mm. then we're, we're put in these individual bubbles and we think that we're by ourselves and that we're the only yeah. ones. And then to find these stories where the plus girls gets the really cute guy or the person that has some, a lot of trauma and is, has been impacted by things in the past for them to mm. see that there is, again, like you mentioned, a light at the end of the tunnel is, is also very therapeutic. Um, and we don't get to hear that a whole lot. Usually they you know, they say romance is an escape and yes, it's an escape. But I, you know, as you know, I kind of like to see parts of myself in some of these characters because they're more relatable. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I put something of myself in every character that I write because that way I can relate to them. I can tell their story better. 
So um, that way, when it feels like it feels authentic, it doesn't feel like I'm hijacking someone mm-hmm. from out of space or something. It feels very authentic. It feels very um, down to to life. And I like that. I like that there is, um, you can like give a message through books that you're okay the way you are. I always include these in my dedications. And I hope that you can reach someone and make the day better. It would make me feel so, so good. Yeah, no, that's, that is, that is definitely part of this community that one of the many reasons why I think a lot of us are so in love with the romance genre and we are so avid readers and listeners and we get to have book friends and and share you know recommendations and things like that because of that connection that we have with some of the characters in these stories definitely yeah yep agree yeah and so you've been now writing for two years in um specific genre is there a subgenre of romance that you like to write in that you haven't done yet uh this is coming later this year but okay, I can definitely tell it. So I'm writing um, Enemies to Lovers, Office Romance. It's not going to be dark, but um, it's a new experience because I never really wrote Office Romance before. So this is going to be a very fun experience. We're currently casting for one of the books and we're having so much fun with it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's, that's definitely a very popular trope um, in one of the romance and things like that. And I think it's almost becoming almost a, definitely like almost a subgenre because of how popular it's become. And that's actually going to be was was going to be one of my question is if there are trope in the subgenres that you, that is your favorite in like the friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, office romance was it listed. You don't example. even have to <laughs> say it. It's enemies to lovers all day. <laughs> I mean, all I day. Had I had a feeling that that would be your favorite trope. I, I wonder mean, why. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the devil in me needs blood. <laughs> yeah. And that's enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate you. You're an asshole, but damn, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that. I especially love the moments. Um, I don't love the the hate moment a lot. I love that, you know, when they they're transitioning mm-hmm. from the hate to love. I love that moment so much. So yeah, much. like something clicks, like they've just discovered that there's something that they have in common or that it's more of a facade as to why they behave or do certain things. And that moment that it just like everything, the, all the pieces kind of fall is such a I moment of it. like, aha, you kind of hear like yeah. the music go, <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, have, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely great because, um, for me, for me, usually it's because they discover something about them that, it's not what it seemed. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it so much because the banter in Enemies to Lovers mm. is, ah, I have no words. It's, it flows. Mm-hmm. It definitely flows. Like you feel like some demon has gotten a hold of your hands and he's writing the scene. It flows so, so, so smoothly. I love it. Yeah, I I will say that I and admit it. Um, I, as much as I love the steamy scenes in books, 
when it's a really well-written banter between characters I love that so much more much more than anything else because it's there's a creativeness and there's a uh, almost like a magical thing that's happening in that in those moments of banter and it's just like wow great yeah. conversation people. I mean <laughs> yeah it's 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 and I'm going to ensure that great banter comes like you don't even have to think about it it mm -hmm. just comes so naturally like this character says this and the other says that and there is no dialogue tag there is nothing there's just two people talking and having fun and you feel like you find yourself smiling or cursing the hero because he's an a-hole and things just go from there and it's definitely amazing and it's even more amazing when that bent up can turn into a steamy scene mm -hmm. or in this steamy scene <laughs> it's it's so much fun <laughs> oh yeah when they're in between kissing and they're like i really do hate you and then they're making out again and, <laughs> and then like you know that thing that you said that was really big of a fucking asshole move of yours and then they're making out again it's hilarious i love it it's like oh. yeah. yeah it's it's slick Yep. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And and just in case you haven't picked up on this, um, you just said a-hole. I'm like, girl, you can say asshole. It's okay. <laughs> I like a-hole. A-hole <laughs> is cute. <laughs> well, okay. Now we know that there are certain words that you're like, ooh, it's a curse word, but it's cute this way. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> we all have that stuff. I mean, there's there's moments where I'm like, fudge. And they look at me like, are you feeling okay? I'm like, it's cute. In the moment, this was fudge, you know? Yeah, it happens. It's yeah. definitely cute. <laughs> or the fuckery of it all. Fuckery. <laughs> Yeah, I have that, but not in the English language. It's when I speak in French, I always make the curse words something cute. I don't know why, because French is cute. <laughs> okay, so you speak French? Yep, I do. I did not know that. Cool. The only French words I know are we oui and some culinary stuff because of, of my culinary background that a lot of stuff is in the French di uh, dialogue because of, that's where cuisine was born. <laughs> Um, so. <laughs> what are I mean, cuisine or kitchen. Yes. They're very close together. <laughs> yeah. What other languages do you know? I'm curious. Okay, so the languages that I speak fluently are English, French, and Arabic. And I'm not very fluent but I can speak Japanese and Italian too. <gasps> I know some Chinese, but I'm not going to claim that language yet. <laughs> wow. Italian yeah, is on um, my bucket list to learn. Italian is one of my favorite languages ever. It's such a masculine and angry language, especially <laughs> when you speak with your hands. And I'm oh. speaking with my hands right now. Mm -hmm. And it's very very satisfying to speak Italian obviously. yeah the, I understand it because being I'm bilingual and so it's mine's is English and Spanish and so a lot of the Italian base uh, is you know can comes from sp some Spanish words so I can understand it yep. 
same thing with like Portuguese. I can understand it, but mm. yeah. And uh, I totally get the whole talking with the hands things being Italian Sicilian background <laughs> on my end. And I'm constantly having to like bring it down a notch because I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? <laughs> oh my God, you should walk in Italy and Sicily and mm-hmm. you will see like, it's very, it's very beautiful to look at. I love it. And yeah, I get that with the Spanish and the Italian. I was going to take on Spanish too when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. but I took Italian and um, me and my friends who took Spanish would talk sometimes and it's very close, but not really. But I remember that the one thing that we had in common is in Italian, we say um, cucina Mm -hmm. and in Spanish, they say cucina, I think, or cucina. Yes, you're adding, yeah. you're loving how you're adding the Spanish feta in the yeah you know, cocina. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I yeah. Mean, I love it. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I love I love the Spanish. It's very it's very beautiful language too. I wish I can learn it someday. It's on my bucket list, but yeah. I have a lot of languages on my bucket list, so we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, the language is, is just so beautiful. There's so many different ways to um, communicate, um, and I definitely think that as great as the English language can be, um, there's just so many different ways to say certain things in other languages. Like there's five or six different ways to say how you feel about a person in a loving manner mm. like in Spanish from I like you to I love you but not a whole lot but I love you <laughs> and then I mean you should see the you should see the the endearments in French oh my god there's so many so so many mm. it's like I had to choose for one book because I had a a character who was half French mm-hmm. and couldn't but I settled with Mabel because mm-hmm. it's very it's very like it speaks of his character but yeah. I had to throw in some things there with his mother and it was very satisfying to insert like to insert French mm-hmm. and I do plan to write more books with French characters in them yeah no we're, we're suckers for accents and um and uh, seriously it's one of those things when we have when we discover that you know an author is doing a book and has a french character and we're going "Ooh, who's the narrator and then we're going oh they do a great x you know fill in the accents you know kind of a thing um so that's definitely something it's just exotic and it's just different and we tend to gravitate for things like that so yeah yeah it happens i mean uh most of my books uh have uh British accent and uh, I have one with um, a Russian accent mm-hmm. so Shane was doing the British and Jason was doing the Russian and people were like head over heels and they're like please write more Russians <laughs> and please give us more British yeah well I think they were also saying please give us more Jason Clark and <laughs> more Shadies yes yeah. definitely <laughs> <laughs> they, they each have their own fan base and it's just one of those where I love it because I see how the narrators have brought readers to discover new authors because of the books that they write and one yep. of the things that I popped up, I was like, oh my God, Jason Clark is narrating one of Rena's books. And there's like, oh, and it's like, <laughs> it was like huge, 
you know, a round of applause. And they were so excited for an example when that, that stuff first came out that he was doing that. And I'm like, I love that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very satisfying because um, I feel with my readers and the those, um, for instance, Shanice or mm -hmm. Jason Clark, and um, I feel like, oh my God, Rina is going to make them narrate dark characters. Yes, please, villains, please. <laughs> and I always joke, like, I love bringing my readers to the dark side because, <laughs> yes, I do love it. I'm not going to deny that. It's very nice, but yeah, I check with them first about the content. And then if they're giving me the green light, then it's on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that there's um there's a thing going on with Shane about the different types of characters, like the vampire Shane, the dark Shane, and stuff like that. And <laughs> it, it's been it, you know, to see the fans kind of fall and go and then start using that hashtag, oh, it's the dark Shane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And for Jason, Jason too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. usually we go, oh, it's the growly Jason. We like the growly Jason, <laughs> just letting you know. If you did not know that, we love him growly. So, I mean, that's why I cast him <laughs> because I love growly Jason too, honestly. Oh, I'm see. with you. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you are a fan of audiobooks in general. Absolutely. I, um, okay. So due to my schedule, because I'm very, I have very tight, uh, releases and I release, uh, basically every other month or every month. Mm. So, uh, I don't have time to read. That's the mm. downside of it. So to actually read, I have to listen. And I started listening to audiobooks maybe three years ago. I think, but not constantly because I could read at the time. But ever since my schedule got so packed, I had to listen a lot. Like now I listen uh, when I'm doing like some shows or having a walk or something like that. So because of that, I discovered many favorite narrators and I'm just going to keep casting them for all of my future books. <laughs> I love that you're a fan too. I know that sometimes it's hard and some and off you know authors to be able to listen to books or you know read them because they don't want to make they want to make sure that nothing gets brought over to their own writing. Um, but it's also mm -hmm. just endearing that you're just as big of a fan of audiobooks as we are. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm definitely am a big fan, but I do actually relate to the writers who said they don't want to listen to other people's audiobooks because mm -hmm. I don't listen to only romance audiobooks. I only listen to those in my downtime when I'm not working. Yeah. But when I'm in the middle of writing a book, I usually just listen to nonfiction and I'm in love with war. Uh, audiobooks like things that talk about war or strategy or things like that or thrillers or psychological books I listen to those mm -hmm. but um the romance I needed like oh my god I finished a book I need uh, a dessert and that would be an audiobook <laughs> yeah I was just about to say it's like like a reward for finishing you're like done I need dessert <laughs> <That's Yep>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely an audiobook mm -hmm. With the schedule that you're currently having of having one book release every other month, where do you get the ideas for your books? It's not 
very hard to get ideas because I get slammed with them all the time. No kidding. Like last night when I was going to sleep, I plotted in my head because uh, always the plot starts in my head. Mm-hmm. So I plotted like two books and had an idea for two more. It's that easy to have that idea. Like he can be this and she can be this. This is her background. This is his background. What makes them click this and how will the story go? What's all the tropes? It comes so easily, but actually putting them into writing is the hardest part. And that part takes more than the plotting part. I always get ideas. I could you not, like I have maybe 20 books waiting in my head, a lot of voices, a lot. So we'll see which one will win next. <laughs> so it's, it's a matter of what, who's the loudest and who can get to the front of the line then, huh? <laughs> Definitely, yep. And it's usually the darker one. They're, they're the a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they're very dark. The, the darker ones have the loudest voices because um, they're very alpha and dominating and they just want their story told. And they have guns usually. So I, I listen. I'm a good girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that would definitely make me listen to them more. Be like, <laughs> you, you step back prioritizing that with the gun and who happens to also be an alpha and hot as hell. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happened with the, with the Jet with Shane, where he played the assassin. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Shane, I have an assassin who wouldn't shut up. Would you play it? And he was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I love how I'm always giving him these ideas and he's just, Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. He's like, okay, yeah, that's a good one. Assassin done. Um, <laughs> I sometimes wonder if the narrators have like a running list of types of characters just to kind of say I've done, I've, I've, you know, I've done the paranormal stuff. I've been a werewolf. I've been a shifter. I've been a vampire. I've been a cowboy. I've been this and that mafia, you know, office that probably has a lot of them, a lot of offices, probably billionaires and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like, I'm gonna have to ask some of them. Like, so, hey, do you have a running list? <laughs> they probably do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what they say. <laughs> yep, yep. Let me know. Yeah. So once you have the plot and the ideas down, how much do you plan a book before you actually begin writing it out? You know, down and like. Does do you know what the main twist is going to be on your first draft, or is it something that just as I mean, how is your writing process basically? Okay, so I told you that the the idea would pop in my head mm-hmm. like uh, a few months before I start writing. So I usually let ideas sink in there, like they fester and they start talking and they start hitting and throwing tantrums and then I'm like okay I sit down I do my schedule and I have um this book that's currently out so we're going to tackle the next project I usually write a handwritten outline I write my outlines by hand it's not very very long about two pages three pages long maybe and in those in that outline I basically 
talk about the characters in on paper because I talked with them in my head and now I have to translate that into action basically. After that, when the outline is finished, I am good to go to the writing stage. Usually my plot twists come between the outline and the writing stage. So usually I know the plot twist before I start writing and I foreshadow to it. Sometimes though, uh, it happens after I started writing the first two chapters maybe. So my thinking process is I'm very, I'm very good at connecting dots. So whenever something happens and something happens, I need to find the link between them. It's very, um, it happens very naturally to me. And it's very important because if there is a link between something arbitrary and something else that's, it appears arbitrary on the surface, but it's not, then it will make readers, hmm, mm -hmm. there's something that, but they don't know what is it yet. And then the twist will hit them out of nowhere. And I have many raging readers <laughs> who don't like my twist. It was like, oh my God, I should have known this. How did you do that? I really don't know. I, I have many of my betas and my readers tell me, how do you come up with these twists? And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to ask the doctor to do a brain image next time so you can see for yourself. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> but uh, the writing process is very intense for me, very, very intense. It's about two to three weeks of constant writing. Like I'm the type who, when is focused on something, I forget to eat, I forget to sleep, I forget to do anything until that project ends. So two, three weeks of constant writing every day from 8 a.m. to maybe midnight or 10 p.m., Wow. And sometimes I have to set, yeah, I have to set um, like an alarm to get some food <laughs> because I completely forget about it. And, but uh, I know that's not very healthy. So sometimes I just walk out of the office and go to take a walk by the lake. I have a lake um, near me. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel more at ease and not stressed because I'm the type who, once I started something, I have to finish it. I can't leave things unfinished. I'm a very, very annoying perfectionist. Let's well, leave it at that. It's, it's not your, <laughs> it's, we'll see, here, let me help you. It's not your <laughs> fault. The characters are actually, you know, they continue to be like, no, 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 this has to be done. So again, blaming the characters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's flip. Let's flip let's the do the suckers in. Yeah. <laughs> it's their fault. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just so demanding. Yep. Eight a.m. to midnight, yeah. no breaks. Come on, it's like, you know, seriously. I mean, and one more thing, I would dream about them. So <gasps> even in my sleep, they don't leave me alone. Like I do dream about my characters when I'm writing them all mm -hmm. the time and sometimes even before I start writing them those are the loud characters that I don't mess around with mm -hmm. so um when when I sleep up for me I sleep just to rest because I have to wake up tomorrow and pick up where I left off it's not I don't sleep because I want to sleep it's because I have to if that makes sense. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
Wow. So I'm, I hope that you're setting up those alarms on your, uh, you know, devices. Um, I was about to say the name of the, the girl one, but I have one next to me and I'm like, I am not going to activate them at this point. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I'm yeah. not going to activate that too. Yeah, like, <laughs> rem- sleep. yeah exactly. It's like, so-and-so remind me at three in three hours that I have to, I don't know, eat something. Yep. <laughs> especially since I put my phone on focus mode so I don't access any social media I don't access my phone anything even my smartwatch would be sleeping and I'm like leave me be because I'm the type when I'm in the zone Mm -hmm. I can write very fast and I can um like I said I let the cat just talk I feel like I'm their translator sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm just they're me in a sense. So uh, I can't be interrupted because if I'm interrupted and I lose the groove, then it will be a long time before I get back to it again. Yeah. It, it's uh, amazing when it happens when you're in that groove and things are moving fast. And I, I think I need to get better at putting my devices on that away mode because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm doing some graphic work or I'm doing something, I'm getting ready for things. And it's like, I'm in the zone. And then all of a sudden I get a notification that so-and-so has just oh. uploaded a video on TikTok and I'm going, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what they oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's why. Yep. I, I get that. That's why I, uh, that's why I put it on a focus mode, like all yeah. day long. Mm-hmm. Like, and then at night I would check it and see if mm-hmm. I have messages. But yeah. usually when I'm in the zone and I'm when uh, I call it the cave, because yeah. even my assistants and my publicists, they barely get a hold of me, even though they have my my number and they can <laughs> message me. Um, I'm like, guys, I'm writing. And they're like, oh, OK, OK, see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to check about this. <laughs> so, yeah, I would answer like uh, work emails mm-hmm. uh, late at night or something. But the moment I wake up, I'm just down there writing. And that's it. That's how I release fast. I just write from 8 a.m. to midnight. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But, you know, the way that you're voracious readers and listeners are, I, I, yeah, I'd probably be doing the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the story flows, then you just have to write it mm-hmm. or else you will just lose the, the muse. Mm-hmm. And me and my muse are currently best friends. So I'd like to keep it that way. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's true. I, I was actually going to ask you, um, have you ever had to deal with writer's block or when the characters have started telling you this really interesting story and then they're like, fuck off and they walk away? Have you ever had to deal with that or not yet? <laughs> Uh, I did have a writer block, but not because the cat just walked away, but because an arc was finished and I struggled to take it from that arc to the next one. And I had a major, uh, a major setback there because I didn't plot it beforehand. And when I don't plot it, it can get very messy Mm -hmm. and I don't like messy perfectionists, remember? Yeah. So, um, (laughs) So it took me like a long time to get it back. But when I finished that project, it felt so, uh, so I felt so accomplished. That was very, very nice. It was one of the projects that I'm personally proud of. Definitely. That's good. 
And I know writers um, and authors tend to sometimes struggle with that situation and everybody handles it differently. And it's always kind of interesting to see how they handle that. But I'm glad that your muse and your characters have been very kind to you thus far. Um, yes. Because I, I'm <laughs> sure you would write them. Yeah, you would probably write them in a book and kill them off or torture yeah, them definitely. very well. <laughs> well, they torture me in return. So yeah. I think we're, we're equal. <laughs> yeah. What type of scene do you love to write? This is the oh. banter. Is it the the steamy scenes? Those with the mm. pool, the ones where there's a plot twist. You know, what's your favorite that you're going? Ooh. Definitely, definitely the plot twist. But I'm going to say that when I first started, I used to think that hmm, sex scenes hmm, they're not really interesting. I don't know why am I writing this, and then. Uh, suddenly they became one of my favorites ever. I think it's because I love writing hate sex, you know, when the characters like hate themselves, yeah. but want to, they, they hate each other, but still want one another. Mm-hmm. That's very, very fun to write. I can't tell you how much that's fun to write. And it feels different and it's not monotone. I think it's because the reason why I didn't like writing sex at first is because it felt monotone. But now I can add some hate. I can add some um, dirty talk. I do a lot of dirty talk and I love it. (laughs) And I can add like some kinky stuff, not so kinky, but just, you know, something to get the juices flowing yeah it's it's become very fun to write sex scenes now i i love it especially when it's charged you know mm-hmm. when the chemistry is off the shelves and there's so much banter and oh my god they're finally doing it and that one is very, very good to write. But I think my favorite, favorite scenes to write are about mystery and suspense and plot twists. I feel very evil at the moment and I love it mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> and on the flip side, what's the scene that is especially difficult for you to write? Okay, I would, I would say any mushy scenes. Uh, <laughs> you are evil. No. <laughs> oh my god! It's, it's out when they're of the being open, cute. people. <laughs> no, well, and I nice. Don't know. I, feel like, <laughs> I don't like nice, Viviana. Okay, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the mushy scenes because I feel like I have too much sugar in my mouth and I don't like sugar. So I don't know. It feels, it doesn't feel natural. I think Mm -hmm. for me as a writer, I am a very intense writer. Mm -hmm. So I do well in angsty scenes, in uh, sex scenes that are charged. I do well in action scenes and even in scenes within a family or an organization where they have uh, a fight and everyone is like bringing bring it on. I love those. They're one of my favorites, right? Mm-hmm. But washy scenes and cute scenes, I feel like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> 
And, and the funniest thing is I'm, I'm, I'm picturing some of your characters right now saying, I think I know I figured out how to fuck with her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They gotta do it. <laughs> Like we're gonna come up with some of the cute fuzzy stuff to see what she reacts to. <laughs> They'll be like, "Okay, Rena, I'm not going to talk to you anymore unless unless you write me cute scene." Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, "What? what? <laughs> <You> fucker! <laughs> you asshole!" <laughs> Yeah, for real this exactly. time. Yeah, the, ooh, yeah. Ooh, she used the whole word, people. She used the whole word. Yeah. <laughs> and I can still see the characters in the back going, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like my characters can't be fully nice, mm-hmm. but they can be like sometimes nice, like for, especially for my man. Mm-hmm. I call them my men. Don't judge me. So okay. especially for <laughs> for my men. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I feel like they they only they're only nice with the women they love. Mm-hmm. So that's very satisfying too. Like um, he would burn the word, but not her. Like he would kill everyone, but not her. Like I had a scene in one of my duets uh, that changed and uh, Vanessa Edwin narrated to perfection. I love the performance in that one. And um, there was a scene where he was like, uh, people kidnapped her and uh, were about to assault her. And he came to save her. Well, she saved herself first, but he came after. And um, he was like holding every man and says, did this come touch you? And then he would shoot them all. And it felt so good. Like this is me. I love it. I love it so much. I love scenes like that. Yeah, it's when I was like, <laughs> they, Aw, they he's so me. naughty. He killed him for That's me. Sweet. It's a sweet. That's sweet for me. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone ever asks me what's sweet, I'll tell them. That's sweet. <laughs> yes, yes. When he's beating the shit out of the asshole, of the other asshole. <laughs> for definitely. Me, that's just so sweet. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think we all have different definitions of what is kindness and what is sweet and mushy and things like that. And there are some that are like so sugary and you're going, no, no, that's just so funny. It gives me diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> it's those moments when they, they do something out of the, their ordinary, you know, like I think that it could be the equivalent of when the significant other vacuums in the house without telling, without you having to say anything. Yeah. Those moments of things like that, when they saw that there was a roach and they got rid of it without you having to go, oh my God. <laughs> yep. I mean, even my readers are, are kind of uh, used to my characters who are dark and aloof and villainous, basically. So in one of my recent books, uh, when the main character gave birth, and uh, the hero would not let her wake up in the night and he would take care of the baby. For them, that was the epitome of sweet because, oh my God, he let the woman actually sleep. sleep. (laughs) So that's definitely sweet. (laughs) Take notes, gentlemen, take notes. (laughs) Yep. I mean, he's a mafia man, but still take care of his child exactly it's okay he leaves the work outside the house (laughs) yep (laughs) and that's important to do regardless of your career choices (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's the sweet side. That's yeah. that's very sweet to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I say sweet. That's that's something sweet. Like when yeah. my characters even like um, cook for their heroine or mm-hmm. take her to places she wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. It's the little gestures that yeah. count, not yeah, the exactly. big mushy oh, things. Absolutely, <laughs> and and I'm that I'm that girl too. That it's like I much rather you be quote unquote romantic and loving and stuff like that by bringing me the sandwich because you know that I'm not going to stop working but I need to eat <laughs> and stuff like that so totally get it yeah exactly. yeah we touched on it a little bit beforehand regarding the um the anti-heroes and why you like kind of like creating these characters or that should they come to you <laughs> <laughs> they definitely come to me <laughs> yeah one of the we did ask your reader group and jason clark's group to submit some questions that they have and that was one of the questions that came up was about the the anti-heroes and the purpose of writing anti-heroes but it was this mark that she said it was like but making us the readers fall in love with them <laughs> that kind of go ooh um as you're writing these characters and you know that they're being the anti-hero because again the type of career choices that they have or they're not your typical good guy do you have those moments of <laughs> the readers are going to love this <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh I told you before that I'm also a fan of dark romance, the good written type. Mm-hmm. So um, I, when I'm writing them, I also feel like I'm a reader myself. Mm. So if I liked something and I was like, oh, this got hot very fast, I'm sure that readers would react the same because I'm putting myself in their shoes because I'm them at that point. I'm just like satisfying their um, the way they love their heroes. And I know like uh, we're sort of, um, I wouldn't say like we're little because many people love like dark romance, but we're sort of a niche maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we love each other so much. <laughs> and we love giving each other all the, the dark heroes goodness it's very satisfying to be to be the one who gives them something that we both relate to that is yeah I think that we definitely some we this is something that we definitely appreciate that the authors provide us the listeners and the readers when these stories are written but at the same time we also see those your posts as as an author when you're going ha and we killed the main character one of the main characters and we made them cry like and then i'm like y'all are bad <laughs> like i have i have an author friend who has a mug that says uh drinking my readers tears oh, and i'm see? like oh my god <laughs> you're the devil you're and the i love lady. you <laughs> we're best friends yeah <laughs> um we you talked about how the characters come to you and things like that is there a character of yours that you connect the most with oh gosh (laughs) this is hard okay so um I think I think so I don't know if this would be a surprise but I connect to my uh male characters better than I connect to my female characters it's not that I don't connect to my female characters it's that the voices of the male characters come easier to me so when I'm writing their chapters I really don't have to think at all 
I don't have to put any effort at all. It just comes very easily. So um, for female characters, I have to think about, I think it also has to do with, um, with how readers perceive male and female characters. Mm -hmm. And um, it's more difficult for female characters. Um, for me, the character that I connect with the most, I think, and that resembles me a lot, is Cole from Ruthless Empire. I feel like we're, I based him basically on many of my personality traits, uh, the way he reads, the way he's silent in public, the way he plots everyone's demise. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we definitely, uh, we're, we're sort of similar. similar. Mm -hmm. And I like him so much. It felt so easy to write him. And I was very, very, I remember loving the way Shane interpreted his character so much. It was off the shots good. It's one of my favorite performances by him. And a certain other character that was the villain. I love, I love, I love serial killer Shane. <laughs> I want to make him more. <laughs> Hashtag serial killer Shane. Got it, girls? Coming soon. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I think the listeners and the readers always wonder that if the characters are inspired by people in the author's lives, are they adding personality traits of themselves in the characters or of people that they know in the characters? And especially with your style of writing <laughs> <laughs> you have very interesting uh, okay. friends <laughs> yeah. well yeah that's the thing i don't have many friends but i have like uh you know i'm the type who likes like uh smaller groups of friends so mm -hmm. my closest friends are no more than five and we don't talk all the time and even if it takes us weeks to talk i would be like hey want to go out and they're like, sure, it mm -hmm. hasn't been like three weeks or something, but okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just finished a, a book. I'm good to go. Let's let's just have fun. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I wouldn't say it's about the people in my life, but more about, I don't know. I feel like I have a very dark mind. It's a problem. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. Um, it's not something from more... I do take like inspiration from my life, like some character traits from people who are surrounding me, which go into books, from people that I've watched, from people that I've studied with and worked with. But um, most of it, many, many, many characteristics actually come when the character comes. Like, I don't know, it's in them. Like, hey, I'm an assassin dude. Just write me as an assassin dude who has a very uh, tormented past and who likes to kill people. And I'm like, okay. But it's really <laughs> so it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would kill an army for her. So you love me, right? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> yeah, because if I don't love him, he has guns. And I don't like guns. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <In> real life. <laughs> No, no, I think, and and of all the ways that you could be coping with this dark mind of yours, I think you're doing a terrific <laughs> job as an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 
it's one of the reasons why I started writing in the first place. Like mm -hmm. it was getting very crowded in there. I was scared I would have like some sort of an issue. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's, let's just write those things mm -hmm. and let's get rid of them one by one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm finishing up like the last uh, couple of seasons of Criminal Minds. And I don't think I've yet to have one episode be about the author that just decided not to write about these dark characters and decided to just act them <laughs> out. So I think you're again doing and handling it rather well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one day I'm going to write a book about an author and a serial killer. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they would like they would give each other pointers like no you're not supposed to do it like that babe. yeah exactly yeah can you imagine I go, no that's not realistic enough <laughs> <laughs> want to try it <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's done look watch <laughs> <laughs> or i would take a video next time for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean the the amount of um incriminating research we have yeah. in our browsers oh, i know yeah <laughs> like how to kill someone without actually killing them <laughs> so i something else that i've noticed that happens to authors is that we fall in love with secondary characters that oh, are gosh. yeah <laughs> oh you know where this is going <laughs> <laughs> that you okay, were like go ahead. <laughs> who, who mentioned I mean this guy was mentioned one time and they just for whatever <laughs> reason the listeners and the readers are like no but we love him how oh, do you gosh. go about keeping track of or you know having these I mean because you get asked by your listeners and readers I'm sure all the time is so and so going all to get a book, right and you're going yep. he just popped in for one scene what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> how do you handle those situations and how do you see about fitting them into a writing schedule or is it depends on how loud they are mm. so for me when I write a book there are definitely some interesting side characters and if they appear more than once or even once and the readers want them then the readers want them mm -hmm. <laughs> they won't shut up about it and mm -hmm. they would absolutely like hey Rina you didn't answer my question <laughs> and I'm like guys I I'm not sure the book just released like uh, today <laughs> so <laughs> let's just um no no I like this book but I'm talking about the other cats so when are you going to give it to us so I feel very lucky that uh readers are very interested in my side characters and they find them um intriguing Especially, like I said, because it's really some psychotic asshole <laughs> comes out of nowhere and he's like shooting people off. And readers are like, I love him. Give him a book. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys, let me think about it. So um, usually it takes me some time. If, if, the read, if the readers are demanding it, I know that sometimes readers would associate a cat with another cat that I don't have them in my mind. So I can't write that no matter how much they ask me about it. Mm -hmm. Because for me, they have a different story than the one they wanted. So I can't write it. But if we're on the same page and the cat has stopped talking to me 
and his thoughts getting demanding and being like, hey, readers love me, pay attention to me, me, pick me. <laughs> so I have to, I have to fit it in my schedule sometime. Uh, it's also why uh, I released uh, a GET last year and it got like a spin-off GET in January and it's going to get a spin-off GET this summer as well. So it's one of the reasons why they came true because uh, they became interesting enough and they became loud enough that they got their own story. And I usually, when I write a book, usually two, three of those books pop out on the way. It happens all the time. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a friend who sent me a meme last time. She's an author friend. And she sent me this meme where someone was saying, oh, thank God I finished writing this book. And then a side character would pop out and said, did you really? <laughs> They're like, write me. I'm still waiting. So it's fun. It's fun when that happens because it feels like all my books are connected. So this feels like I'm building a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's because you've mentioned the characters being these individuals and stuff. I can only imagine having that side character from the back of the line, just a swaggering up to the front and saying, hey, Rena. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) And they would wave and smile Uh like a creep. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, like, hey. You thought you got rid of me. Nah. And I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> and then being the assholes that they are, they're probably going to the other people that are in the characters going, ha ha, you got to wait now. My turn. <laughs> yeah. No yep. skipping the line. <laughs> it's easier if they have guns though. <laughs> oh, I, oh, he he's showing them to you. He's, you know, he's probably like, you remember how you wrote me, right? This is how it is. <laughs> These are the and ones. one of them, like currently, I have like this uh, mafia word. It's a Bratva mm-hmm. Russian word, and um, I wrote like a duet in it. I wrote a trilogy in it, and then there are many other characters who appeared in the in the duet and in the trilogy, and people are like. Mm-hmm. When are you going to write them? Guys, they are drug lords and they kill people and they uh, do a lot of shitty things. Uh huh. And they were like, I didn't, I know that. I'm I still want to know. You. <laughs> when are you going to write it? Please confirm it. So my readers basically want me to confirm that the book is coming out. They don't care if it's now or next year or whatever, but they just keep telling me just confirm it just say the words just say yes <laughs> because they know if I say that I'm going to write it that I'm definitely going to to write that's it good. one day yeah. so that's so that's good news for the listeners you know we know that we can just say so listen don't don't pre- no pressure just confirm <laughs> or deny that so-and-so is going to get their own books okay yep okay. That, yep and we'll yep. walk away after that and then it's going to happen yes and we'll, they'll patiently wait and fall in love with all of the other anti-heroes that are coming out in between them so they'll have something <laughs> to to get their attention in the meantime <laughs> exactly <laughs> the royal elite series currently has about eight audiobooks from what i'm seeing here 
um, yep. from Audible. And it's the trope slash genre slash description. It says a dark high school bully romance. Yeah, it is. I do not have any kind of high school individuals that um, look like that um, <laughs> growing up. <laughs> um, and I'm friends with some, like maybe one or two people from high school. Um, and so why high school? when it came down to these characters, why, you know, what was it like, was it a high school thing that they came to you at that age or was it something that you thought about hmm, maybe a, you know, a high school, um, did you ever fear about writing them a little younger than stuff like that? You know, mm, I actually, for this particular series, mm -hmm. the characters had to be that young because they had some sort of a childhood things going on. And uh, the the fact that they are meeting again in high school setting was kind of, I don't know, I feel like high school senior year, so they're all 18. Um, at that time, they're very volatile mm -hmm. and they can be very reckless. And the first hero of that series, Aiden, is the first one who came to me, of course. It's very intense and very dark. And he even like tested my own limits. But I loved him for it because for me, if I'm testing my limits, then it's a new challenge and it's uh, a space for growth. So I loved him so much for it, even though I hated him as a character sometimes. I do hate my characters sometimes, like it happens. And um, the reason why he has to be young is because it's the very volatile age and there were certain circumstances that had to happen at that age. And it felt, I don't know, it felt normal and natural. That's how they came for me at first. And Aiden was one of the characters that I had a nightmare about before oh. I wrote. So interesting story. I actually have nightmares. Uh, I have a lot of inspiration from nightmares. <laughs> I know that my my friends would be like, uh, yeah, good for you for getting inspiration, but yikes, nightmares. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I woke up in cold sweat, but I still broke down that sucker. So it felt oh, wow. good. It felt, when I had nightmares about cactus, it means that their book is going to be super, super intense. Because, I mean, it comes out of a nightmare. It's usually mm -hmm. some blood going on. It's usually some, uh, I don't know, something that I don't think, I don't think all the cactus that I had nightmares about would fit in the conventional term of a hero they're usually villains villains very very intense villains too mm -hmm. uh like when you're writing them and i get this from readers who also read them it's like you're suffocating on their energy mm. and it's very intense and those are usually the products of nightmares i will say that i love it i do love it when I get those types of nightmares. It feels like I'm writing from the bones or something. Mm -hmm. And I usually 
like them the most, but I also hate them the most. So it's always a love hate relationship. Yeah, you know, like the books you write. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, we won't go far from that. Yeah. No, I just it's again. I think when it comes down to the different genres and you know, like new adults, very popular. And that when that term came out, you know, I was so like new adult. Like, what are we going to do? Have vintage and antique adults now? (laughs) (laughs) You know, when there's nice and new and they're shiny and then life happens, you become vintage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I, and it's one of those things I'm going, Oh my God, like high school bullying. And I'm going, Oh no, I was like, I, I bullying in high school happens even back then in the days and stuff like that. We just hear about it more now because you know, social media, um, and again, less the taboo subjects happening and open dialogue, but mm. knowing the stuff that you write and I'm going, I didn't have anybody like that in my life. I should have yeah. <laughs> when I was in high school, <laughs> much more I interesting. Mean, <laughs> I mean, well, the bullying is that, well, it starts with bullying. Usually mm-hmm. I like where it's it's also like a type of enemies to lovers it's it's enemies to lovers too so mm-hmm. like you know like she's the new girl and you want to make her life hell but then you find yourself falling for her mm-hmm. and then defending her from all the other bullies so i like that stage where it changes from i'm going to make your life hell to i'm going to protect you with my life i love that it's it's one of the reasons why I love high school bully romance. And um, though I'm veering more to the new adult genre more because new adults, college, uh, college um, age is very interesting. I had a blast writing the last one. Mm-hmm. It's very, it feels like very, I don't know, something new and something great. And taboo <laughs> and dark. Yeah. It's very arena. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no surprise there. No, no, no. But it's good too. I mean, uh, I think that we all have different types of experiences. And like I said, I've never been in the situation that when it came down to like the high school situation I mean we had the assholes and we had the popular kids and the jocks and the things like that. And there were those situations where one minute he is being an asshole to her to her because of fill in the blank reasons and then afterwards you're you saw them around the corner and you're like why is he being so nice he was just a dick and that's because stuff are starting to brew and you look back on them going oh that's like the classic making of a romance novel exactly <laughs> it's it's just enemies to lovers yeah it's as simple as that <laughs> yeah it, it is it really is um now that you've mentioned it that way i'm going yeah they just took you know, might as well just call it the enemies to lovers. I know that uh, sometimes yep. the the bullying, because of all the stuff that happens in real world, real life stuff nowadays, unfortunately, that sometimes will get people away from wanting to read those types of books. But mm. you know, you describing it as a this enemies to lovers really that I'm like oh okay yeah so that's probably how I will start describing things too when it comes down to that yeah. genre with your book specifically. Um, because that's how that is yeah yeah Yeah, I mean mm, I don't really relate real life to the fictional world I mean Mm -hmm. uh, of course if I found someone bullied in real life it would be 
I would raise hell for them, no matter who they are. But for me, it's a fictional word. It's escapism for me. I love the, you know, like something like this happens and then it changes to like a true love story. And it's very fun. Like um, in real life too, we don't like killers. We don't like mafia people, but we love writing. Uh, We love reading about them. We love listening to them. We love... uh, how they kill an army for her so but in real life that would be a no-go so for me reality and fiction are very very separate just because i write about some things it doesn't mean that i condone them uh in real life it's just a form to escape because i know many women and they always email me and they feel like even though they had like sexual assault or things like that, they like reading the dubious scenes because there's a happy ending there and there is groveling and there is love and they feel, they feel confident in a way. And I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying that it's the right thing, but I know that many women like reading about this and I am so, so, uh, so, I don't know how to say it. I was going to say that I like it when women express what they like Mm -hmm. and what they want to read. And as I said, it's just fiction. Real word is real word. Like there are things I would do in fiction that I would beat someone the hell up for in real word. I mean it, like I was saying this to my assistant the other day. I said, like, if I met my heroes in real life, I would either hit them in the face or run because they have guns. (laughs) (laughs) One of those two things. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those. (laughs) Well, I think that one of the, again, reasons that we love the romance community is we don't shame each other for what we like. And it's, you know, which tends to happen more in the real world. Um, But in the romance community, we're like, oh, okay, do you like this? Great. Now, do you want the the baker and and the the food, you know, uh, great, go over there. And oh, you do, you discover Mm. that you actually have a kink. Welcome to the kink world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it also happens. (laughs) It also happens from the other genre. Like they like to shame us. Yes, readers and authors, yes. and I just I don't understand it. It's very I don't know. I have very strong opinions about that. I mean, it's something that women enjoy, and they feel the need to attack it. Mm-hmm. And I want to rear my feminist head and just kick them in the balls. Yeah. Honestly, well, it's it, as simple it, yeah. as that. Well, it, it shows their insecurities and it shows that they are sadly they're they're seeing the romance genre as a potential f- to outdo themselves in what they think is more better type writing or anything like that and so the insecurities get shown when they happen like that and also the um the fact that it's about expressing oneself I think that's still very yeah. taboo, whether it's emotional expression mm-hmm. or sexualized Sexual. expression. Yeah. yeah. And and I being mean. able to to find the words to describe how we feel. I think that romance has really empowered women to have exactly. these dialogues of, well, I like, you know, being 
submissive and that's okay. I like being dominant and that's okay. I like this and I like that. And discovering this world is empowering of women. And again, with society, it's not usually the case. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, for it's a genre for women, by women mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are male writers, mm-hmm. but it's mostly, and they are male readers. I have yes. some. They're so yes. cute. I love and, them. Um, I love them. They're so, they're so, they're so supportive and I love mm-hmm. them so much. Um, but it's mostly a genre for women, by women, and they feel threatened by that I think Mm -hmm. I mean we don't you don't see us going and judging them for liking their fantasy or their sci-fi or whatever they like to read Mm -hmm. but when it's about people expressing women expressing their desire Mm -hmm. it becomes like a red flag and I hate that and I wish it would change in the future Mm -hmm. I think we're moving towards that I mean Yep. As you mentioned, we have a lot more male readers in the community. We also are getting more male authors that are writing in the genre. And yep. there's even now a, a book club of guys that are reading romance and are, are having those wow. dialogue. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I'll, I'll share you the link. That's uh, nice. <laughs> it is because it's it's one of those where you get to have these conversations with them, but they're also seeing how they can improve their own relationships with their significant others. Um, or mm. even I, I think in that book club, two of them are married, one is single, and then I think one is dating. And they're saying they've shared how they've had been able to have these conversations with their wives and significant others about you know, anything from the emotional support to the sexual support and the sexual fantasies. And they even learned a trick or two, apparently. So, hey, win-win, I say. (laughs) That's nice. Definitely win-win. I mean, um, if they paid more attention to women and what they like to read and what they are telling them indirectly, Mm -hmm. then it's definitely a win-win for for all of them. I, I'm sure the women also appreciate it. Oh, of course, it. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've i known people have highlighted certain scenes and given it to their partner and said, read, memorize tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it went. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were um, a lover of audiobooks. And, yep. I, and there is a difference though between loving audiobooks and then taking that plunge of having your own titles in audio what made you release your titles in audio like what was it well the first reason is because um i get a bit disappointed and cheery eyes when i like a blurb and when i go to amazon i don't find the audio version i almost Mm -hmm. cry because i know that i have to skip it because i don't have time to read anymore so um that's one of the reasons because I wanted listeners to have audiobooks of my books because yes, I have a lot of uh, voracious readers and who buy ebooks and paperbacks all the time. But I know that there are people like me and even people who are legally blind who can only listen to audiobooks. So I had to make that plunge, I had to make it happen. And actually, I was checking the other day, and it's been exactly one year since I published my first audiobook. 
Wow. Nice. Wow. 16 going and we're going on 18. I think it would be like 21 this year. So, yep, winning. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's one of the main reasons why I started Archibucks. Uh, but also because, mm, because I wanted to have my books in audio and listen to them mm-hmm. and kind of cringe at the beginning. <laughs> but then I, I just, I got engrossed in the performances so much that I, I love it. Now I love the proofing process so much. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorites along with casting (laughs) well that was gonna be my next question is like how do you go what is your process for casting your titles uh okay so at the beginning uh i had the books written and i just cast according to the character so my first jet that i got into audio was uh the lies and truth jet narrated by Wen ross and guy kennicott and Mm -hmm. when ross was a great voice for the main character Asha a bit deep and uh, gritty so that was that and then the Royal Elite series already had I think three books out and uh, of course I had I went to I think all fixation and asked them hey guys who are your favorite British narrators and everyone was like Chain East Chain East Chain East, <laughs> and I was like, okay, you got it. And um, I worked with Shane and Kara Stevens on that on that series. The first three books were recorded after I wrote the books, but after that point, from that fourth book onward. I started imagining Shane's and Kara's voices in my head while I wrote. And that was so, so easier to do. Like, uh, it became part of my process now. Now I have to have the cover model and I have to have my narrators before I start writing. So I would be having like Shane's voice in my head and the cover model sitting uh, snuggly there on the other screen and giving me inspiration and like write my book and um, it's very easier to write books with audio in mind because mm-hmm. now I I became to write them exclusively with audio in mind mm-hmm. not many uh, tags a lot of dialogue and uh, to let them like uh, you know they feel like free to have a lot of dialogues and not so much narration that would interrupt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since then, it's became very great. And usually I cast according to the character's voice. Like when someone is growly, like uh, Adrian from the Deception Trilogy, it had to be Jason Clark. I mean, it's a given. Duh, <laughs> and, duh. Um, <laughs> exactly. And when someone is British, I usually have shings voice in my head I don't know why I I worked with Shane on a lot of my titles maybe like I don't know 12 I think I think 12 Mm -hmm. so Shane is the British voice in my head but I do plan to work with other British narrators we cast someone and I'm very excited to work with him and um that's the process of casting for me mm-hmm. and then when i'm happy like oh yes uh i have the narrators i want 
then I just start writing with their voices in my head. I think a lot of a lot of the authors are in a similar boat when it comes down to once they've discovered that they are in love with the audio process that they end up yep. listening to the characters and stuff like that. Have you listened to audiobooks that are, because you said that you listen to them that are not in the romance genre and ever had a narrator kind of capture you and go, ooh, he sounds like a potential character or not yet? It happened once. It happened once. Um, it was also British, British mm-hmm. narrator. I mean, and I read a lot of British characters, so that that can out. be very handy. <laughs> I don't know. But who probably has to do it? Uh, I spoke to a few before, and they'll probably have to do it under a pseudo mm-hmm. because, um, because their work is nonfiction, right? So you yeah. don't want to mix romance with nonfiction. And I'm like, yeah, okay, people are going to fall in love with your performance and you're going to make it in the romance genre. I do plan to bring some names that I definitely enjoyed listening to. Um, doing, yeah, just that just means more narrators for us to love. So I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love I love many of the narrators. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you for those. So don't worry. I'm not that Don't. mean. <laughs> I love <laughs> No, that's when you come back the next time. This is your first one. I'm not going to put you in that situation. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I got away with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm being nice. No. <laughs> so, uh, knowing that you are working from eight in the morning until midnight, when you're not working and you're done with your book, what do you do for fun? fun what is that (laughs) (laughs) don't let me look that up for you (laughs) okay so fun 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 I don't know I feel I'm a very workaholic person and um I'm very quiet in in real life like I'm the type who is like who likes quiet places and Mm -hmm. quiet villages even when we go uh, like on a touristic trip and we go to another country people would be all over the the capital and the city and I would be dying to go like to some islands or some villages so I love quiet places a lot so for me basically um, uh, my fun is if I'm not binge watching something on Netflix <laughs> or listening to an audiobook I would like go out with my friends we would go to some brunches we would have breakfast we would go to I don't know something that it's not very loud you know I don't like going to clubs or things like that they make me they drain my energy any place that's full of people drains my energy so anything that has to do with the restaurants plays cinema something that's um I don't know quiet and fulfilling and when you go home you feel like you're a person (laughs) not that you not that you became a ghost because people trained your energy yeah zombie you're going (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly well since you brought up netflix and binging and i'm always constantly looking for new shows uh because i also binge uh binge watch what have you been watching lately Oh gosh, lately. 
I've been watching How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's on my list, but okay. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect, Viviana? <laughs> that I'll be watching some cooking show? <laughs> no, that's too much sugar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, so... It's how to get away with murder, like my latest one. And I also watch a lot of um, thriller type um, Asian movies. I also watch, uh, I think the, I also watch like uh, serial killers documentaries, no surprise there. And um, I don't know, I like things that has to do with thrillers and mm-hmm. stuff, but I also like period drama. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very I'm a very old soul like that I love yeah. period dramas I love anything old and gold and it just makes me all fuzzy inside mm-hmm. so if you but, want something that's not serial killer-ish it's mm-hmm. probably something period period um murder mysteries or <laughs> period oh. romance <laughs> like Bridgerton I mean, or Pride and Prejudice or you know well again. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice Pride and Prejudice is one of my faves I love it mm. I don't I don't ever get tired of it mm-hmm. and Bridgerton also I watched it it was fun and uh what else but also like uh period serial killers I'm, I'm all good <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I have a very important question. Pride and Prejudice, the BBC older one with Colin Firth, no, Colin Farrell, excuse me, or the 2005 movie with Matthew McFadden and Keira Knightley? BBC, I'm just going to go with BBC. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's longer and Colin is, okay, he's just like my childhood sweetheart, but he doesn't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when I was like a teen, Colin Farrell was like my ultimate bias. He and uh, Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. and I just I had a crush on them. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Sue me. I, get it. I, <laughs> I love them. I, I get it. There's always like these two like train of thoughts or camps as far as when it comes down to the Pride and Prejudice, and there's always going to be the one that busts that with Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no, no. And I'm like, no, nope. no, 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 purist over here. It has to be one oh. of the two. Yeah, purist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> from that perspective on that one specifically. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the 2005 Matthew McFadden girl, so it's okay. okay. I'll watch the other one when it comes on, so it's not like I discriminate, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the other day I actually rewatched the 2005 version. See, I mean, I, I love, I love that, and I love you. That that part <laughs> gets to me every fucking time. I swear, oh, don't yeah. you melt here? So, mm-hmm. don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend of mine tell me that he has never watched Pride and Prejudice, and I really thought, I'm like, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Like, yeah. Not, but he—he's really nice, and I do love and adore him. So he's lucky that we're still. Mm. But it's a deal breaker. It's pride and prejudice, man. So now it's become a challenge. Now it's like I have to get him to watch it and how to go about. Okay, but but have you watched the nineteen forty-five version or forty-four? I'm not sure when exactly. No, I have not. But I'm adding it to my list. Oh gosh, yes, do watch it. It's a bit fun. It's Mm -hmm. it's black and white i mean because i watch 
I watched all the versions and I watched the spin-offs and I was like, give me what's next. And this one popped up and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's yeah. do this. And it actually was nice. It was great. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, it's now a challenge for that friend of mine. I'm going to be like, he's going to watch it. It's going to come out of left field, but that's a challenge. And I'm like, accept it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'll keep this you posted. <laughs> yeah. This is me with my friends when I love something because I have a very picky taste. So I don't mm-hmm. like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So the other day I, I watch, I watch a bit of anime. Mm. I love anime. Mm-hmm. So I was watching, uh, this was like years ago. I watched the, the first season of uh, Shingeki no Kyojin, which is Attack on Titans in, in English. Mm-hmm. So I watched the first season and it's about Titans and it's about like giants and like they're destroying a wall and ending humanity and things like that. So I was telling this to my friends. So I have like two two best uh, male friends and we were like sitting and I was like telling them this enthusiastically and they were like eh, Titans what are you watching do you have nothing to do with your life and I'm like okay I feel that's very rude I feel attacked right now yeah <laughs> and but okay I, I told them okay watch the first episode just what it's 25 episodes per season and one episode is like 20 minutes mm-hmm, so smart. just watch one and let me know so I wake up the next morning with them both messaging me hey when is the next season coming <laughs> you're like victory <laughs> and I'm like I told you so <laughs> and now they're, they're just addicted and we're all addicted and they try to spoil me but I <gasps> killed them in their sleep so yeah 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 it's it's very fun it's the same thing like with with the books and the audiobooks that we do that sometimes we're like no I don't ever read that genre and I'm like no no you don't understand you have (laughs) to listen to this and then they fall in love with it and they're like when's the next one I'm like well I thought you didn't like that genre because I'm that friend too that will bust (laughs) out that one like well I thought you said you didn't like it well now tough oh gosh this happens a lot in my books because they're dark (laughs) yeah and okay so I had I worked with with Shaney's and Jason Clark and um, I'm going to work with the, the ones that are currently announced are with Teddy Hamilton and Rose Dioro and Jacob Morgan and um, well I don't think they do a lot of dark stuff so when the the fans of those um, narrators come to listen to my books mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I love it. What is the next book coming? <laughs> and then like, I didn't think I would like this, but I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, okay, welcome, welcome to the dark side, my uh, friend. You just, you just opened another different portal. Yes, yes. I think I when I posted, um, because I have not announced yet the lineup for the series um for this June coming up. And because usually I do it at the beginning of May. But I'm like, I'm going to talk to Rina. So I, I want to get people. I love including people in a part of our conversations with their questions. And I posted in Jason's group that I was going to talk to you and have people submit the questions. And I had two people bust out with like, whoa, wait, she has a reader group. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, she does. Here's the link. Come to the docs. I mean, come over. <laughs> I mean, yep. I mean, literally in my reader group, it says you found the dark side. Welcome. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get out of here alive. Yes, so, no. but you're going to love it. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
So if you could have any animal as a pet, because I find this question fascinating, what would it be and why? A tiger, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, a panther. Mm-hmm. Black panther left my soul. It would be very beautiful. <laughs> That, that's right. I, I settle for cats. I settle for cats because I can actually raise them. But yeah, panthers and tigers. Love yeah. them. I love big cats. Yeah, they're so cute. So I always tell you, I'm like, oh, I want a panther because I'm also the, the black dark panther girl. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're like, you do know they could eat you. I'm like, no, they won't. <laughs> no, if you keep them fed, they won't eat yeah. you. And you tell them, yeah, you show them to Viviana. I know. <laughs> said Viviana before she was eating but. yeah right no it's okay I have my my, my quote-unquote panther cats and and stuff like that in you know as far as the little the ones running around the house that are tiny and sometimes I swear they're, they're big characters but yeah not as far as I go but again it's a great question I think it's always like like what kind of animal people have said anything from tigers to pan you know pandas I think I I'm waiting for someone to bust out with a sloth and so I have an uh, idea who might bust out with that one but it's like I'm like oh we'll see it's oh gosh yeah, we'll tag me when that happens I will I will it's like I found one <laughs> what's your favorite word Oh gosh, I think I have a favorite word. Mm. Actually, it's not going to be an English word. It's it's a Japanese word. I love saying baka, like idiot, such an idiot. Mm. I love it so much. Yeah. But <laughs> and I say this to my brother all the time. <laughs> it's such a baka. <laughs> I would say this and he would be like, okay, stop talking in a language I don't understand. Are you swearing at me? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of those in Spanish and I'm like, oh, pendejo. You know, and they're like, what? Like, nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, oh, this definitely helps when you speak a lot of languages. Mm-hmm. You can call people names and they yeah. Will- really catch on it especially when you're using like a sweet tone mm-hmm. but you're calling someone an idiot yeah definitely yeah, yeah. great <laughs> well if that's your favorite word what is your favorite curse word oh curse word definitely vafalcuno it's in it's an italian basically Vafanculo. It's, yeah <laughs> it's fuck off <laughs> i mean even the languages i don't speak Mm-hmm. I have favorite words from them and they're all curse words. Yeah. Like uh in, in German. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think I'm mispronouncing this, but it's the piste or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's piss off also. Mm-hmm. Fuck off, piss off. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> I think in, in, it's it's definitely something that I realize a lot of people tend to learn the bad words of any language first. Yeah because um, I know how to tell you yeah. off in sign language it's one of the from like how do you say fuck you or bitch and I was like in eighth grade I was like getting all these curse words on how to say in sign language and I'm like yeah <laughs> but yeah I know something new <laughs> yeah I'm a learner that's what I do <laughs> like what's the curse word <laughs> Yeah, but that's the other thing too. We have it in, in the English dialogue. We have these specific words, and they're still great as a curse word. But in the other languages, especially the Romance languages, oh, the way they can tell people off at various degrees. Oh gosh, oh. I mean, I had a sentence. I think I made Shane do it. 
<laughs> well, it says like, uh, hey, motherfucker, fuck the fuck off and leave me the fuck alone <laughs> or something like that. Or like, I think it was, it was something along those lines. And I laughed so hard when I listened to it in audio. Mm. I mean, yeah it's and it is satisfying it is and they had these little you know like these emphasis into it like just fuck off like the when Sadly. they do the f or they have it on the k or the or in like a joe arden extended u in the fuck you know <laughs> yep oh yep definitely mm-hmm. i there's i love it there are many narrators that i love especially when there is in the middle of a scene or at the end or mm-hmm. especially at the beginning when there is just a fuck mm-hmm. and the way they say it like the way they just say it or emphasize it mm-hmm. it's very satisfying to yeah. hear <laughs> yes because when you're reading it you, you can imagine it but when you hear it like fuck, yeah. I'm like yes that that's exactly how I heard it in my head exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love those moments yeah. it happens in audio mm-hmm. it's like oh gosh this is what I heard this mm-hmm. is what the cat I was telling me when I was writing this. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see it come to life. Yeah. As a fellow introvert, I know this happens, but um, what song do you have to sing along when it comes on and it doesn't really matter anywhere? And you're either mentally singing along with it because public um, or you're in the car and you're just blasting it. What song is that for you? Mm-hmm. It has to be one song because anything by Coldplay, I don't care about people when they come <laughs> up. Like they're they're my favorite band, and mm-hmm. if it comes in a in a public place, and even if there are people, I'll be singing, and I'm like, "What are you looking at? That you know Coldplay?" <laughs> so anything by Coldplay, okay. it's um it's one of my uh, most important things to do is to see them live. But COVID happened. Yeah, so hope that's in the future mm-hmm. definitely love them so much and any rock music basically when it's loud and fun mm-hmm. uh, I would blast it in the car especially in the highway and I would sing along people would think I'm insane but it happens <laughs> oh yeah you won't be the only one that's the that's <laughs> and I know that we will not be the only two so it, it you know there's <laughs> I've seen it all the time and it's like oh they're really grooving and I love that to see people in the, in the cars yeah you know, jumping around and stuff like that, or they're really grooving. I'm like, it could be a Celine Dion I song. It. I don't care. Or it could be a, a Metallica song. And they're like, just like, they're like having fun yeah. in the moment. I'm like, well, that's one way to spend your red light time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's good. So we have reached um, a new segment that we have with our guest because it's a game section real quick. Um, it's called Two Truths mm-hmm. and a Lie. It's where you, okay. our guest, tell us listeners three things about yourself of which two are true and one is a lie and we like do need to figure out which one's the lie and I like to say we because I really hope y'all are playing along with me <laughs> after <laughs> listening <laughs> otherwise yeah. Yeah. yeah so if you're ready you can tell us your three tr- you know uh, okay. three things and then we'll try to figure out okay mm. so let's say I studied psychology I played volleyball in high school and the third, I worked in a mall. Oh, wow. 
man. When I say man, because it's like who at one point or another may not have worked in a mall and then volleyball, <laughs> yeah, maybe potentially. It's not a mall. It's a morgue. morgue. Oh, morgue. 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 Yep. Wow. Okay. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's different. Not everybody has worked in a morgue before. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm going, ooh, psychology or morgue. One of those two must be a lie. But at the same time, you never know with how you are. <laughs> that would explain a lot. <laughs> but I'm going to go with um, worked in a morgue as a lie. Mm. I don't know. This is count half a lie because I did intern there but I didn't actually work there so I don't know hmm. I don't think that's the lie that's not the lie then no technically it's, it's technicalities are all technically I did but you did, I did yeah. spend a few months there wow okay oh, okay so between psychology and volleyball you do love psychology but I don't know if you actually studied it so I'm going to go with psychology being alive then. Yep. I didn't Aha. study psychology. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for, except for the classes that we had, but I didn't study it. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't specialize in psychology, but we had classes of psychology and um, when I, when we were in college, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't really study it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, um, it would make total sense that you would have based on your love of the psychology, but at the same time, I'm going, that's probably not something that she would have back when she was in school thought that she would have such a passion for is what I was kind of thinking, you know? Mm. No, not really. Even, even before when, uh, I was in school, I did love, uh, the things that were on edge, like I love serial killers ever since I was like a teen. It's, it's like, it's like a passion of mine to mm-hmm. delve into the darker side of humanity, like mm-hmm. to see what they're capable of. It makes me feel great. But I didn't especially study it because I didn't feel like psychology would be something that I want to pursue. Just yeah. like I didn't know like writing was something like I wanted to pursue. I just, I went in a completely different field I was in the medical field before so mm-hmm. it's completely different from where I am right now mm-hmm. but psychology for me is something that's not studied it's a passion mm-hmm. I love it so much yeah and, it, and that's definitely sometimes where when people's like when they're good at something or they have a passion for something, they always get to, oh, you should really work with that. And people will say no, mm. because then it becomes a job and it's no longer fun. Yep. So I can. Yeah, well, exactly. It yeah. does happen, but mm-hmm. writing was also a hobby, but it's now a job and it's mm-hmm. a very fulfilling one. I yeah. feel lucky that I am having the job mm-hmm. that is also something that I love. So it's very lucky yeah they call those careers for some reason i distinguish like working in a morgue working at the mall something like when you're starting off and you're still trying to figure out what you want to do when you grow up um more like that's the job and then when you're like oh that's my career it's like there's a different tone to it it's almost like that's where they want to be whether it's underwater basket weaving or you know firefighters police officers or whatever their careers are and that's inclusive of writing i think that it's 
you know, a passion and that means that they love to do it. Otherwise, it's a it's not an easy gig. Writing is not easy. There's so much to it. So yeah, I mean, I had to give up on my PhD to pursue mm-hmm. writing full time. So uh, I took it seriously because it's now yes, it's my career. But it's at the same time something that I love doing. Mm-hmm. While I did love the, the the field that I was in before the medical research and things like that, it was fun. But I had to deal with people all the time, <laughs> and I'm not good at dealing with people. So I figured, yeah, I can be like the crazy writer who's all alone in his office mm-hmm. and just like you know, telling people stories and. Mm-hmm listening to voices it's much more fulfilling and on the bright side I don't have to deal with people (laughs) all the people that I deal with like my assistants my publicists my narrators my producers are all online Mm -hmm. and it's a much more safer (laughs) safer (laughs) thing for me so I love it cool yeah great so you played volleyball in high school Yep, I did. Uh, it was a very, very nice period of my life. It was, it was nice. I mean, I'm not a good person with groups. I don't play nice. <laughs> but uh, that time, it was very nice. I mean, we had a great group of girls right then. They were my friends. Uh, some of them, uh, too, actually are doing it professionally now. Wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I never I never thought of it as something to go professional with because um, for me, it was just a hobby. Well, like writing was a hobby, but for me, I loved science too much to give up on it that mm-hmm. early. But now I'm fine with giving up on it. I'm fine with actually turning the page on the academic days of my life to start mm-hmm. the writing journey. Nice. Yeah. Again, we are human beings and we're constantly evolving, growing and discovering new passions. Yep. And a lot of when it comes down to a lot of the, the jobs and careers in the creative field, that's not something that they talk to us about in high school when the conversation about what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you go to college? Things like exactly. being a writer, a narrator, a graphic designer, a photographer that helps take these photos that you're using was never yeah. part of the com. I'm like, I could take photos exactly. of the hot guys. Fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it never comes up. Like yeah. um, when I realized that my methodical side is not as important as my creative side. It didn't take me long to decide that I wanted to pursue writing. Mm-hmm. Because as I said, I have a very imaginative mind and that needs a venting outlet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm working on my academics, I don't actually have the time to write. Yeah. So, um, so I had to give up one of the two. And then uh, one of my series did well. And I was like, God, this is a sign. And two months later, it's been it's been like I think one year and a half now since I became a full time writer. Yay! And I'm very lucky. <laughs> and we all like hoo for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Rena, before we go, can you tell us what you're either currently working on that you can share, or what's coming out next for you? Because you know they we all want to know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, also so, uh, a reminder that this actually is actually going to be broadcast in June. So, 
Yeah, in June. Mm-hmm. So um, by this time, the third book of my a trilogy will be released. It will be it's it's narrated by Jason Clark and Desiree Ketchum. Uh, Desiree wasn't my first choice for this, but I'm so so happy that she is the one because she brought the emotions to a new levels. I love her so much and I love working with her and Jason, of course. And uh, the next book, it will release around June. So around this podcast, when this podcast releases, um, will be the Thorns Jet, Red Thorns and Black Thorns. I usually have uh, simultaneous audiobook releases. And this one will be narrated by Teddy Hamilton and Rose Dioro. And we'll also feature Jacob Morgan. And for the rest of the year, it's just going to be a spanking new series that I'm super excited about. More info to come soon. Yay. <laughs> I love Teddy. And and, um, and Desiree has been new to me. Um, so, but I've been devouring her book. She's so good. So I was like happy. When Desiree. I yeah, she's awesome. Desiree is fantastic. I love yeah. working with her. She's super professional and super accommodating. Like mm-hmm. she had the books last second and she did a fantastic job for someone who didn't have so much time to prep. Mm-hmm. And I loved her so much. I feel like we don't appreciate many of the female narrators as they should yeah uh, but I love 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 uh, female narrators that I've worked with I also love Vanessa Edwards so much oh she's awesome she was actually someone Shane suggested I was like hmm, hey Shane uh what do you think and he suggested like um Vanessa and I was like okay because if uh, a male narrator suggests uh a female narrator it's because they feel more comfortable imagining their voices because they worked with them so much so I listen when they suggest narrators mm-hmm. and it, I discovered Vanessa then shame on me I never listened to any of her work before so shame on me again uh, but now I'm in love with her and I will work with her on so many stuff in the future <laughs> yeah well there's no shame because it's one of those she's technically relatively newer on the romance side of things um and it's again I didn't know of her either until she was cast in a book that I was working on and Shane also was the one that recommended her and we totally fell in love with her she has such a variety of tones in her voice and it's so smooth sexy and soothing and just like you just want to hug her um yeah she has and she has the best accents ever yes from a female narrator honestly Mm -hmm. like I had I tested her and Shane in that yet so much like I had uh the Russian Bratva and we had Japanese characters and Italian characters and Chinese ones and they all had accents and she did them all so well Shane too of course he's yeah, Shane, <laughs> Shane, oh my God, Shane, I had him do an Irish accent and for a, a five years old boy and oh my God, that was a blast and I was like, okay, even me when I was writing that scene, I started talking in an Irish accent at home, so excuse me. 
<laughs> it's not like I did it on purpose. It just happens. I wanted Irish accent. Sue me. <laughs> and he did it so well. And so did Vanessa. Like in that duet, there was the there was so many accents and they did them so so great. I love their performances. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that when they do such a great job, we end up following them. And that's where I always say that we're narrator motivated. And it's the way that we've discovered new authors, but even because we're narrative motivated by one narrator who then works for somebody else. And now we're like, Ooh, new narrator. Yay. And we fall in love and we start following them. And it's just this lovely, lovely circle of (laughs) love, you know, um, (laughs) that it's just the audiobook world is just again, part of the community. And it's, it's so awesome. So I am exactly. Yeah grateful for. I mean I, I also discovered new narrators that I didn't know about like Kate mm-hmm. Stevens like Vanessa like Desiree I never listened to her before and almost all of my female narrators also Rose Rose Dioro like all of my uh, female narrators are narrators that I didn't really listen to before mm-hmm. uh, but after I listened to them I'm like okay I'll be like to my producer, let's put them on the list of the people that I'm going to work with in the future. <laughs> so definitely it's yeah. very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that list. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm working with a new client, it's like wish list and then definitely working with them again, wish you know, after they fall in love with them and it's like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have like my main list, like um, it's usually like the people that I will definitely work with in the future, even if I have to bribe someone. But um, <laughs> but I also have like, uh, I don't know, like a variable list sometimes when we're on a tight schedule. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll talk to my producer and like, um, we're on a tight schedule. Give me the names of the people that are available this time. And she'd be like giving me this name and that name and I would listen to them and I would love them and I would just use them without thought. So it's mm-hmm. part of the casting process, which mm-hmm. I love so much. It's fun. I love that part. Yep. <laughs> Especially when you get to hear the voices and you're like, oh my God, they, they, that's it. Exactly. And also when the, the final files land in my Dropbox and I'm like, oh my God, it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to this audiobook <laughs> and it's so much fun. But it's not very fun because I also write my books like three to four months before their release so oh my god I feel like I can't share this I didn't even share the project let alone the narrator so I can't share this yet what a bummer yeah (laughs) that's where you have that inner circle (laughs) yeah here's the NDA (laughs) I love you and I trust you but sign it (laughs) oh my god yeah I have I have like my inner circle. I have yeah. my publicist. Yeah. Oh, she's such a darling. I love and she her. just recently got into into audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And uh she's very in love with Connor Craze's voice. Yes, that was, that's my fault. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and every day, I swear to God, Viviana, every day Shen would tell me. Every other day she'll be, did you write a book for Connor yet? <laughs> Make him say fuck a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> oh she's my going god. to she's die so... when this airs. She's going to die. Jen, this is for you. 
Connor will come to your ear soon. Soon, yes. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and I, <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, yes, please cast Connor for mm-hmm. one of your books. I mean, she's like, Rina, you have a lot of books. Why isn't Connor on one of them? And I'm like, oh, I didn't really imagine his voice while writing this. So she's like, imagine his voice. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> Oh my god, she's going okay. to no, I'm me. just kidding. Yeah, I know she's going to kill you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I do. I love I have... her. I love her. She is so good. Uh yeah, she's so sweet. She's... Yeah. But it is my I fault. Um lucky. that whole Connor thing. Yeah, <laughs> she told me it's yours and Kaylee's. Fault. Yes, yes. Kaylee, if you're listening, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> And that's just you egging her on. So she's going to continue just so you know. Because that's Kaylee yes, too. Exactly that's I did give her good news though. I said, uh, maybe we're going to get Connor. Maybe. And she was like, hey, don't play with my feelings. <laughs> he does. Yeah, do I do have like. Yeah. Go ahead. He Sorry. does. Yep. No, go on. I was going to say he does do a very good Irish accent. Oh gosh. Now I have to write an Irish I'm just saying. It's okay. It doesn't have, no, he he is one that does a really good, you know, general voice and stuff like that. And but he is, um, it's definitely known that his Irish is one of those soon worthy moments and stuff like that. Well, I do have the mafia word, See. an Irish clan. So See. you never know. You never know. <laughs> so we'll 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 keep checking in on you. And I I know the Congress yep. cuties will be like, so Rena. <laughs> You never know. Yeah. Uh, Dark Connor is coming your way soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I will oh, probably we'll hear Jen's uh, scream, piercing scream on my DM when that happens. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Jen and a few of my other betas yeah. who love audio. Mm-hmm. And I actually take their word for it. And they're like, mm, you should cast Jason. You should cast Teddy. You should cast Jacob. Mm-hmm. And my producer too. So I listen yeah. to them a lot. And yeah. because I mean, it's the audiobook word, and sharing is caring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you for sharing. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to bring them to your ears. <laughs> Gee darn, such a sacrifice! Can you hear it in my tone? <laughs> oh my god, it's not like I listen to them first before everyone or something. I know, right? You have such a difficult job. Uh, whatever will you do? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh it's going to be fun yes yes i cannot wait for your uh, office romance too that's going to be fun too oh there are so many good names in that because each book will have a different narrator that's awesome we cast it for two bucks and we still have one to go and Mm -hmm. i'm excited Uh, yeah so am i and i know everybody else will too as soon as they hear this so that's good because you know we love you so (laughs) Like, okay, whatever she writes, we'll listen or read. That's fine. Yeah, Yeah, we will see. Well, thank you, Rina, for being my guest uh, for this year's audiobook loving series and letting me be your first. (laughs) Oh, gosh, thank you. Thank you for popping my cherry as gently as possible. (laughs) This time around, we'll do do other things later on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, next time. Don't ask me for my favorite narrators. I'm not no, going but, to answer you, that. But there's other ways to find that out, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> She's going to call me out. 
there are other ways. I'm creative that way. I'm okay. also resourceful. So we're good. Um, <laughs> okay. As long as you don't see the skeletons in my closet. No, Oops. yep bodies oh, yeah exactly no worries no that stuff gets edited out no worries um okay <laughs> everyone thank you for hanging we'll out with us today and we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series and until next time happy listenings thank you thank you the audiobook love and podcast has special patreon incentives join today to receive early access to podcast episodes exclusive content with our guests and much more Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, enchantress of books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to this series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.